Hello and welcome back to Security Insights, the podcast that takes a deeper look at today's most important issues in cybersecurity and beyond. I'm Stephen Pritchard, editor and presenter. In this episode, we look at an area of data protection that is often overlooked, paper records. The growth in homeworking has also brought a growth in the number of people printing out sensitive materials. One estimate suggests that two out of three people working from home do exactly that. But few businesses have systems in place to keep that information confidential or to destroy it when it's no longer needed. This is even though paper records are covered by GDPR and other regulations. Security Insights invited Mike Klusky, Managing Director at GoShred, who recently researched how we manage paper documents, to talk about the problem. And we started by asking him, what percentage of businesses still rely on paper? Uh, Finger in the air, I'd say around about 99%. As much as that? Uh, Well, yeah, okay. Maybe I'm going to have a think about that. 97% is probably better. Um, Yeah, there are very specific companies that I know it's pointless ringing up. Um, And they tend to be uh, companies uh, such as software developers, those type of people. Um, People who specialize in R&D, who are predominantly just doing let's say, hardware design or software writing. Um, uh, although saying that, uh, one company that we service does the uh, hardware and the software for set-top boxes, and you would imagine that, that those people wouldn't have a need a requirement for a shredding service, but they do, and we do their shredding every four weeks. It's more the, the, the uh, what's on the pieces of paper rather than the quantity of paper that they're concerned about. So in the round, then, the overwhelming majority of companies still have paper records. They're still using paper as part of their business processes. So what issues does this raise? And I know it's about three years since the GDPR first came into force. Mm. And, of course, the GDPR covers digital data, but it also covers other forms of personal identifiable data as well. What are you seeing in terms of the impact of that? And have you seen any increase in awareness among workforces and companies that actually paper documents pose potentially a security risk? There weren't that many changes between the old DPA and the GDPR um, as far as uh, information destruction is concerned or or the elements that we would be concerned with. Um, But the one thing it did do, as you've alluded to there, is it raised awareness. And we're very grateful for that as an industry, obviously. Uh, Pre-GDPR, we would probably have to spend with 30% of people that we contacted uh, afresh, uh, trying to explain to them exactly why they should be shredding their documents. Uh, Post-GDPR, it it was quite funny. There was a, a massive shift and we would actually be sat listening to the potential client for the first two or three minutes explaining to us uh, how they would like us to do their service, uh, uh, and and that was fantastic. So, um, and no longer explaining the service to people anymore. It's more just selling what we do and how we do it, which which has been great. You recently carried out some research looking at what percentage of people actually 
print confidential documents at home. Mm. And clearly that's been boosted significantly by people working from home during the pandemic. And, and indeed, businesses, as we've heard on previous episodes of this podcast, businesses have had to move very quickly to enable home and remote working. But mm. your data suggests that uh, 66%, two thirds of workers print confidential documents at mm. home. Uh, what issues does that raise? Well, it, it, it raises the same issues as it would for, for the organisation because these these personnel represent the organisation. So the security of that, that, that data is, is just as essential as it would be as if they were sat at the desk. Where the difference is, obviously, is that the, the not only is there a, a, a dilution of the message from, from the data controller within the organisation, uh, which would occur naturally anyway, but then you also have the, the the I suppose the psychological effect of of working from home and being in an environment where one may potentially be a little bit more laissez faire than there would be in the workplace. Um, so it, it, it's it's just as important as at work, if not more important. Um, because I mean, even if if one wanted to boil it down to this, you you can monitor the waste streams of a company. Uh, a lot more effectively at the company than you can if a person's working at home. Although I would suggest that not many companies have people bin surfing to make sure that nobody's going through, nothing's going into the into the general waste or into the recycling. But when you start to unpick it a little, it's that difference in attitude, it's the difference in approach. But it's also that a lot of people working from home, especially as it's been seen initially at least as a temporary thing you know they're working on the kitchen table they're working in the spare room they may be working with with kids and other family members around and that whole question of keeping work and private life home life separate has become very very difficult over the last 18 months or so do you think that really has impacted though people's views on data security and data privacy do they think about where they put information when they print it do they think even about where they put information on a device so you know if the, if the kids are borrowing the tablet in the evening to watch a movie or something like that do they consider that that might have personal data on it as well well if you're working from the kitchen table as i am today right now um as i look around the table there's scraps of paper and you know you suddenly remember that oh we need to get some baked beans so you find a piece of paper look at the front of it I don't need that. Turn it over, start scrolling the shopping list on the back of it. I'm not saying that that happens in every case, but that's just one example of it. Um, if I can go to where most of your listeners would, would be listening to you for, would, would, would be familiar with uh, uh, BYOD and the problems that, that that caused when that first became a thing. Um, uh, uh, security, integrity of, of your own devices uh, is, I, I, I guess, a similar sort of deal. If, if you're printing out pieces of paper and having them hanging around in the kitchen, you never know who can be walking past. Well, you do know who can be walking past, but you never know where that information, how that information is going to be seen, how it's going to be interpreted. I don't know. I suppose the human, the human imagination can, can think of all the, all the different situations that may arise because of it. And that shopping list could be on the other side of a contract it could be on the back of a personnel uh, review something of that nature and it will end up in the tea leaves and the vegetable peelings if people aren't careful you may have got something through that that's got some purchasing information on it that's something that most people don't realize 
that sensitive information that the company sent to you of the prices that they're offering you, that kind of thing. Ah, well, this is just some old quote from so-and-so. Turn it over, start writing on it. That's confidential information. I think we all know the, the definition of confidential information by now. Um, so, yeah, abs- absolutely. It, it, it could literally be anything. And when you did your survey, you found that 30% of people admitted to printing contracts and one in five had printed employee information. So despite the general awareness of information security and information privacy, those figures sound quite high. It was shocking to us. It was a surprise to us. Um, and, and and as a security company, well, we had mixed emotions, really. Um, we, we've had a domestic shredding product since we first started in 2013 as a company. Uh, we went to foresee this, but it's actually coming to its own with home working. We were sort of rubbing our hands together a little bit and saying, well, if companies are getting wind of this sort of information, which is why we wanted to get it out there as soon as possible, really. Obviously, from a commercial point of view, but actually the shock as well was with, is this really happening? This is this is disgraceful. And over the years from going out, over the last 15 years of that I've been involved in shredding, of going out and visiting offices and talking to people. And I'll tell you now, some of the stuff I've seen has been quite toe-curling, but the potential for, for, for more toe-curling incidents is, is exponential with the growth of homeworking, really. And the risk isn't necessarily, or the risk isn't only the fact that that information is breaching the regulations by somebody not taking care of it. It's actually the genuine risk that somebody might find that information and use it against you or disclose it further. And that's the thing, isn't it, that you say that maybe people won't go uh, looking in dustbins, but actually we don't know where the waste is going to end up. No, we don't know where the waste is going to end up. And, and just just to, to illuminate you, there, there are a few people who, who specialise in bin surfing, um, mostly for salacious information. And the most famous one was a chap called Benny the Bin Surfer who did, did a couple of documentaries about. I think, he get, uh, I think he got a very, very famous international star's manager sacked because he was throwing out his, his, uh, his client's information into the, into the dustbin. But uh, beyond that, you know, there's uh, uh, the, the chances of that happening, uh, 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 although minimal, um, are possible and, and like you say this could be two three steps down the line from the bin man to a piece of paper blown across a landfill site or blown out of a murph or or, or the likes it's uh, they don't work to the same standards as a shredding company site uses we work to an extremely high standard and we you know have, have because we work to something called em15713 which is the european shredding standard as part of our quality management system there are very rigorous rules on how we uh, uh, treat the materials and put it into locked containers and, uh, and never decant those containers in an outside area. It's always within a locked building inside of the shredding area and lots of other things like that. But if it's going out with your, with your green bin on a, on, a, on a Tuesday morning, then that's not really the case. So is it actually accidental disclosure of information that you would say is the biggest risk here? Oh, oh, oh. Inevitably, you know, the, the, there aren't hordes of bin surfers going around looking for for vital information in people's in, in people's dustbins, unless it's a particularly targeted person or or, or campaign or, or 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 whatever. Does that happen? Yes. Is it rare? Yes. 
but of course, in 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 the overwhelming majority of cases, this would be this would be accidental. And every now and then, they pop up when it when it's somebody famous or when it's a government minister dumping uh, very extremely sensitive documents in a in a wire paper bin in a in a London park, as has happened previously as well. Then that makes the headlines. But you know these these things these things happen. Uh, I've got plenty of anecdotal evidence, but this podcast is only 20, 28 minutes long, isn't it, Stephen? So, uh, but but it, it, we 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 uh, I, I I could tell you of a number of different incidents that have happened over the years. So there's a few aspects to that then. So there's the accidental disclosure, something blowing across the street, uh, potentially that shopping list that's written on the back of the uh, corporate financial results being left in the shopping trolley uh, at the supermarket. And then there's potentially somebody targeting individuals. And of course, the the more significant that individual is or the more sensitive the data they handle, the more likely they, they are to be targeted. Uh, but is there a bit of a mental block, do you think? Do you think there's a barrier when people hit that print button? They might be working on a secure environment, they may have uh, high levels of encryption, they may have multi-factor authentication to sign into their their software as a service application or their uh, business app through the VPN. But as soon as they hit print, you're then outside the security regime, aren't you? At least at home, you're outside of the security regime. Totally. And and this is something that I've often wanted to work with a behavioralist or something like that, or, or or whatever field discipline this would fall into, is that I, I I find it extremely difficult to work on documents on a screen. Um, and inevitably, I tend to print them out and grab a highlight pen uh, and a pen and start working my way through this through a document. Uh, for example, we, we do a lot of tenders um, and and. I always end up with two LibreArch files full of full of uh, tender documents that I have to go through with a highlighter pen and pen and make notes and and then go back to it for my response and I, I just find it extremely difficult to 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 read through especially legalese or, or terms and conditions long very detailed scopes of a tender and things like that I find them difficult to read through and work through on a screen. Um, and I'd love to know whether or not that's that's actually a, a, a human condition or whether it's just the fact that I'm a 52-year-old man and I've not really embraced the technology as, as later generations have. I'm sure there's an element of that that is generational, but I'm not sure that even is the whole picture because, you know, we do see... Uh, younger people relying on print. If you go to any university, you'll see people carrying big folders of notes around. So uh, it may well be that it's that tactile element that you're pointing towards there. And, and also the portability, because something else we've learned during lockdown is that actually sitting in front of a screen, and we're, we're talking via Zoom at the moment, but sitting in front of a screen for potentially eight, ten more hours a day isn't particularly good for you. And being able to print a document out and then go through that uh, with a cup of tea or coffee and the highlighter pen, it's a break from screen time and actually it engages a different part of the brain. So I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there is some behavioral science around that. But what I'm thinking about as well is this idea that people 
jump out of their security mindset when they hit print. So they know the information has to be secure on the device. They know that they have to screen lock the device, close the lid of the laptop if there's other family members around. You know, they know they have to use the multi-factor authentication to come in. They know they have to use the VPN. And they probably wouldn't dream of using open Wi-Fi in a cafe uh, without VPN or some other form of additional security. But they're happy to leave paper documents in a pile on the kitchen table. And that that's that mental gap, isn't it? It's 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 I don't know if mental gap is the right word even, but there is a there is a change in our thinking when we print. It's almost a cognitive dissonance, isn't it? It's it, it, it's well well it's, that doesn't that doesn't matter. I, 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 uh, totally, Stephen. I mean, I, I, anecdotally, I, I would agree with you 100 percent on on that premise because what I've encountered over the years is exactly that. Okay, I'll give you one anecdote. We, I, I went to do a um, I went to do a site survey with um, with a very large law firm in the northwest. I was speaking to the person their responsibility for, for their for their, their data security, and uh, I, I I just. I just happened to say, well, you wouldn't believe what ends up in the bins. And they said, well, okay then, well, let's go and have a look. And we stood up totally initiated by by the that person, I must say. But we walked into the first office and they said, right, let's have a look. Excuse me, can I take the bin from under your desk? Grab the bin from under the desk and, and it was filled with screwed up pieces of paper and a couple of coffee cups and the, I think a toffee crisp wrapper or something. They unfolded one of the pieces of the very first desk. They unfolded one of the pieces of paper and the data security manager went absolutely wild. It was dynamite. It was, it was a client letter that had so much personal information on it. It was unbelievable. Now, bearing in mind that this company had a, had a shredding service in place already, they turned around to the employee and said, why have you thrown this in the bin? I said, well, it's, it's got spelling mistakes on it. As, as I tell you this anecdote, it truly sounds unbelievable as the words are leaving my mouth. But that was precisely how that incident happened. And I'll tell you, it was an eye-opener for me when I saw it. It was the first time I'd ever come across this and, and actually saw somebody challenging the person who threw it in the bin. So, um, I mean, just because of the fact there's a couple of spelling mistakes on a letter, uh, this person truly believed that it was perfectly okay not to put it in the shredding cabinet that was three yards away from their desk to just screw it up and throw it in the bin under the under their desk so i think that there are incidents where common sense let's call it just just goes out the window it does and they say that's in an office environment where you have the infrastructure a legal office yeah a legal office indeed but you have the shredding cabinet as you've mentioned you have a data security officer and presumably that firm as a responsible firm would have education and training in place to to reinforce to to their uh, paralegals their re- and so forth that that's what they do well not only that the, the... Yeah, not only that, they took all the bins away from under their desks. And, and and this is something that I did see around about five, six years ago. It was de rigueur. It was in response to a, quite a few incidents of this happening uh, in the news and being jumped on by the ICO. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it, it caused mayhem in offices. Uh, people were, were up in arms about the, the bin from under their desks being taken away from them. And I... I I understand it. It's perfectly understandable, but it, it's just one more, one less thing to have to worry about from a data security point of view. Uh, was to have centralised recycling bins, so you had to get up and walk 
to put whatever you were putting into the requisite bin. I must say, it, it, I, I can't tell you of any results because we didn't do it. We were, we were just a, a beneficiary of that, I suppose. But I'm guessing it worked, and it worked quite well because it's it stayed that case in in many of the sites that we go and visit. And the threat of the ICO is only the tip of the iceberg because in that example that you gave, of course, it's the breach of client confidentiality. So set aside the breach of GDPR and any other regulations. It's the breach of client confidentiality and the damage to the client-firm relationship. That's at the heart of it, isn't it? For sure. And also, if it gets out there, it's funny. One of the questions that we're most commonly asked, and I really don't mind us being asked this, is when uh, new clients, uh, especially uh, people who've never used a shredding service before, ask us the questions, well, well how, how, do I, how do I know you're even going to destroy this stuff? It's a, it's a perfectly reasonable question. You know, for which we have an answer, uh, a fairly, uh, a, a fairly comprehensive answer. If they want to go into it in detail, or a fairly basic answer, we work to EM one five seven one three. But at, at, at the at the very at the at the very tip of the spear, as it were, is is the fact that if we lost your information or threw it away or fly tipped it or something like that. We've worked very hard to build the reputation up that we have. We have we have thousands of clients who are extremely happy with what we do, and if that got out there, it would just destroy our reputation overnight. And and you know, obviously, we're a shredding company, so we've got a little bit more skin in the game than just a normal company. But even so, if people's information is not being treated properly, you're going to lose your reputation very quickly. With especially if you're in in a field where client security is is vital. Um, it's something that's got to be taken extremely seriously and, and thank goodness it is in, in most cases. But then if we go back to the home environment, is there a a change in thinking that actually I'm at home so I trust everyone at home and it doesn't really matter and then not really thinking about those downstream impacts of it ending up in the recycling of a morning and then potentially someone else seeing it, um, the fact that that information is, you know, completely unencrypted and in the clear once it's printed is, is that part of it is this got comfort that we feel we're working from home and i think your research said that two-thirds of people do print uh, work documents off at home so there's that thinking that actually look we, we are at home it's secure we're behind our four walls the door's closed we trust everyone we, we, we are but um I, I i would i would i would say that the, the same applies in the workplace you know, I mean, there's, there's certain areas where you wouldn't want ever being able to look at the paperwork, HR, um, and various other elements such as R and D. I would, I, I would suggest that most people are, are confident with people who work in the office alongside them, and maybe more so at home. I, I would say, yeah, maybe it's just a psychological comfort blanket knowing that you're at home and everything's going to be safe there. But, but even, even so, it's. Um, once it leaves the once it leaves the front door, it's not always going to sit on your kitchen table. It's it's not you're not going to be eating off a pile of papers. It's going to have to go somewhere eventually, and um, it's got to be dealt with properly. So uh, in much the same way as it would when it leaves a building full of trusted colleagues. Now I'll take it as read that you have a technical solution to this that you can pick up the documents and destroy them. But how do you educate people? Because again, if they don't end up in that right container, they don't end up in your logistics system in the first place. So how do you educate people? How do you train them to treat documents that they print at home in the same way as they would treat them if 
they're in the office. You know, we may not be going back to the office in the short term and some people may be working from home uh, part of the time. And we haven't really touched on the increased risk that comes from people actually working flexibly. So the fact that I might be working a couple of days from home, a couple of days from the office, maybe one day a week at a client site. And you know what? I might be carrying that information on paper between all those locations, which must surely also increase the risk of accidental data loss. It's extremely difficult in most cases because uh, with quite a lot of our our clients, they're highly educated people uh, who've worked in a specialist industry for a long time. Their, their competency levels in their field of expertise are, are, in most cases, very good as a rule. So for somebody who is, as I say, we tried to change the perception of this from being a uh, we used to be thought of as a waste company, but we are a security company. So when, when somebody tips up, it was essentially seen as, as oh, well, he, he needs to speak to the facilities people because, you know, they're, they're basically coming to collect our waste. Well, no, I, I need to speak to the data controller or the data security specialist, actually, and I'd like to speak to him on a subject that's very important. Oh, no, well, the far too busy. There's, there's some new network switches being fitted and then... And, uh, you know, I'm getting my violin out here and having a bit of a complaint because we we, t- we tend to, the best way to put it is we tend to end up speaking to Reg, um, who, whose office is actually a, a cupboard down by the furnace at the back of the, at the, back of the office block. Uh, and Reg will say, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, well, I'll show you where the bins are. When, in fact, we, we should really be speaking to the data controller or the person in charge of data security, but get through the gatekeepers to speak to those people is extremely difficult. Well, that's part and parcel why actually um, I've invited you on today, because actually this is, uh, as, as your statistics show, this is a real um, a risk for organisations. And you know, one um, chief information security officer has actually described, and maybe only slightly tongue-in-cheek, that paper is the, the greatest risk to endpoint security. So you can wrap your PCs and your tablets and your smartphones in as many layers of encryption and protection as you want, but you can't do that with paper. That is refreshing to hear. That is refreshing to hear. But uh, just to bring bring to a logical conclusion what I was on about before, uh, because of of, of our perception, really, as an industry, uh, you ask about educating people on on the risks, uh, uh, et cetera, and how they can mitigate those risks. We are, at the end of the day, quite a small industry as well. We don't have the marketing power. We don't have the, the... the, the real punch that, that the uh, Kaspersky's and, and Norton's and all those people have got to to, to, to market uh, their particular self that, that they're, they're covering, you know, the latest threats to data security. Uh, we, we just can't do that. And we can't depend, unfortunately, on the ICO, and this isn't me calling them out, but in effect, they're, they're extremely small. For, for, for what they're dealing with, they're an extremely small part of, of, the, of, of, of government. There are no hordes of ICO police in every town going out in their squad cars and screeching up outside buildings and saying, what are you doing? Back away from the bins with those documents, you know, and, and holding up an ICO badge. That's, that, in reality, that doesn't happen. Um, so we're sort of dependent upon on the stick uh, uh, that the huge fines that came in with the with the GDPR uh, um, were able to hold over and, and again that we're a grudge buy 
and when we're a grudge buy with a huge fine potentially at the end of it, then even more resentment comes. So it's a little bit of a double whammy for us. How do we educate people? Educating people is really drip, 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 and trying to get out and speak to as many people as possible and, and, and make sure that they're doing the right thing. So do we then need to go back, and I know this was uh, more in vogue a few years ago, but do we need to go back to the idea of a clean desk policy, even at home? We advocate it. We absolutely advocate it. We, we do a number of videos that we try and get out on social media as much as possible and, and hope that virally they'll get out there. We, we definitely advocate a clean desk policy at the end of the day. And, and we offer to most of our big clients the, the opportunity for us to come in and do staff training on these sorts of things. It's vital. We think it's vital. You, you, should, you should leave your desk at the end of the day looking like it did at the start of the day. Well, actually, that's that's not good if you've left it pretty bad the night before. So well, maybe strike that. But you know what I'm getting at. The way it's been delivered from the furniture supplier, that's how you want it, isn't it? That's, the, that's probably best, yeah, yeah. Mike Glusky on how revisiting the idea of a clean desk policy is the only sure way to keep documents secure. That, though, is all for this episode of Security Insights. Our next programme will be on Wednesday, August the 25th, when we'll start a two-part examination of security in academia and research. I do hope you can join us then. In the meantime, you can catch up on past programmes on our website, securityinsights.co.uk, and of course on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon and Spotify. Thanks again for listening.